King of the Cast is back with our first episode of 2021. I'm your host, Rick Carr, and joining me today is self-proclaimed Memphis wrestling historian, Brother Greg Hereford, and one half of the Backyard Tag Team, the Marvelous Marshals, Mr. Jason Marshall. Guys, how have we been? Fabulous. Doing fabulous. It's, it's wonderful to be back together and so that we can talk about things and just kind of reconnect with our fans and uh, reconnect with each other. Well, I hope they haven't forgotten about us, and it is glad for us to get back together. I'm I'm so glad to get back together, guys, and talk a little bit of wrestling. But like so many things in this pandemic era, the format of King of the Cast has changed. After our initial episodes, way back in March of 2020, Kevin Marshall was crowned the King of the Cast, and technically he is still the champ. After lockdown, we released a few episodes of one-on-one shows called Five Questions With, and I'd like to thank everyone who participated in those, including Zach Albaba and PTW Hall of Famer, Aaron Tiny Rose, and I hope those guys can make it back on the show very soon. Those shows have been playing out there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., all the places you can find King of the Cast for the last few months, and the one featuring marvelous Jason Marshall outperformed every other episode. So the people have spoken, and Jason, you are now our current King of the Cast. Well, thank you, Rick. I love being the people's champ because the people, I love them, and... As long as they love me, I'll just keep that belt as long as I can. Well, with that being said, the 2021 season will start with a series of shows called 30-Minute Time Limit. Now, the Royal Rumble is coming up, and when I think about the Royal Rumble, I can hear the late great announcer Howard Finkel's voice in my head setting up the match. So I'm going to do my best to set up this new format at King of the Cast in the style I kind of feel that uh, Howard Finkel would set it up. So bear with me as I... uh, Do my very best, Howard Finkel. The following podcast has a 30-minute time limit. Each participant has prepared five wrestling-related questions. The questions have been shuffled and will be taken at random. The podcast will end when all questions have been asked or when 30 minutes has elapsed. At the end of the podcast, the participants will vote to crown this episode's king of the cast. The 30-minute podcast will begin now. Our first question will come from me. (laughs) And it's actually, it says R1. So I get to ask my very first question in my list. This is totally legit. It's totally legit. All right, I want to know. No no shoot here, man. This is is not a work. This is a shoot, I guess. This is a shoot. It's not a work, man. Uh, It says, my first question that I came up with here prior to the podcast, by the way, is uh, when I say wrestling referee, who is the first person that pops in your head? Well, mine is Jerry Calhoun, but that's from my childhood in Memphis wrestling. Okay. Uh, that and that's that that's a very limited. That's really limited. Um, Jerry Calhoun was the main guy. Also, Paul Morton, Ricky Morton's dad, was another referee for Jerry Jarrett in the Memphis wrestling in the late seventies and the, to the eighties. Um, those are the first two that popped into my head. I, I'm actually thinking on that cause I can picture him, but I can't think of Who's the guy that did was in the Montreal screw. Well, that's, that's who, okay. Dave and Hebner. Earl Hebner. Okay. Earl Hebner. The twin brothers, Dave and Earl. I didn't know there were twins. Is who is exactly who pops into my head. Yes. And, um, when you talk about great WWF stories, even Andre and Hogan did a, a thing where Dave and Earl were uh, one would uh, kind of be the heel and one would be the face. Um, 
referee and yeah. uh they would you know, you know you couldn't tell them apart and that was a, a really interesting thing another interesting thing is that i believe earl hebner's son brian i believe he's also a a um referee too so i think it's kind of a hebner family thing um uh that one is the popular around uh wasn't there one that he changed it to a wrestler, Danny uh, Danny Davis. Danny Davis. Yes, Danny, Danny, Danny Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah. Got, got paid off or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> How many angles did they use where there was a bad ref? I mean, that wasn't an overused angle. I can think of a few, though. I can think of one from Memphis, the Danny Davis one in the WWF. Right. With Jimmy Hart. Did, did he sign, did he go with Jimmy Hart and the Hart Foundation or something like that? Something like that. I, I can remember. Dangerous Danny Davis. Dangerous Danny Davis, Danny Davis. yeah. I remember um, you know, lots of different times where refs have been uh, involved in the storyline. And I think that's a pretty cool aspect of referee. I also don't think a lot of people realize how much the referee controls what's going on in the match. If they're the one who's in contact a lot of times with uh, you know, the producer and, and, and has to kind of get things going along or make, or make changes along the way and how much they have a big part of it. So, um, it's really cool to, to think about it. I mean, another one that kind of uh, pops into my head, if, either you say, if you said, uh, you know, wrestling referee, Charles Robinson's another, is one. he the blonde hair yeah. guy? Yes. 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 Uh, that he's a, he's a famous one. Now in WCW, what was that guy that was like always Rick Flair's guy? Who was the guy, was that that guy that was always tall was fella? That? Yeah. He kind of had that classic look to him. I cannot remember his name. He was. He, I felt like he was always the ref for the big match. It wasn't Nick. Nick Patrick was it? It was Nick Patrick. Nick, because he That's went exactly. Who okay, it was. Nick Patrick went all the way back to like Georgia Championship Wrestling in the late, like the late seventies, early eighties when they first got on cable TV. Because when I think of like a championship match, match on WCW, that's who's standing in the ring. Okay, see, I didn't know that he lasted that long until. Way up into WCW. Wow. I don't think now we know their names as much. Um, I, I don't feel like we do. I don't feel like they announce their names as much. Um, Lady in AEW, Jay. Audrey, what's her last name? She's good. Uh, she is good. She's a really uh, good. Uh, have you seen the, yes, the female? Yeah. She, she's on the podcast with Tony Schiavone that AEW yeah. does. She's very good. Maybe we ought to know more about the refs. Because like you said, they have a big part in this thing. They do. And it's like, uh, you know, it, so many times you think you mentioned the Montreal Screwdriver. I mean, without the ref, that doesn't happen. So You know, he like, was scared to death to ever meet Brent. I mean, it was he said that on uh, the, the, the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Earl Hebner said he was literally scared to death to meet with Brad again and hope yeah. that it, you know, I mean, so that... That that, that 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 was no joke. That was like he was terrified. Yeah. Well, him and him and Brett were such such good friends, and Brett never thought that hey, that Earl would Earl would do this, do this to Earl him. had told him that he didn't think anything funny was going to happen yeah. before yeah. the day before, and, and, and then they approached him to, to be the one to do it, and he didn't have time. He did not have time to tell Brett, yeah. so he exactly. tells yeah. Um, I will tell you one Hebner story, and, and unfortunately, I cannot remember if it's if it was Dave or Earl. Okay. Uh, now, my buddy uh, Adam, I might be able to ask him which uh, which Hebner brother it was. But I was we were in line together to meet the Big Show, and it was out at uh, Freedom Dodge here oh, yeah. over in Lexington, and um, this big long line, and 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 then up to where he, to get your autograph. And um, I think it was Dave Hebner uh, was at the time. I think he was a road agent. And um, he was there as kind of like security slash kind of making the line 
go through. Um, I believe it was that time. I, I don't believe it was the time. We also met a Sable out there. That's where they would always have the signing. They'd bring one uh, wrestler and have a signing. But I think it's when we met the big show, and I think it was Dave Hebner was standing right there. And Adam points him out to me, like, hey, look, this, you know, Dave. I think Adam was every bit as excited to see Dave Hebner as he was the big show, like, because, you know, he had been a wrestling fan for years yeah. and had, you know, seen the, uh, the Hebner uh, brothers do so much in, in wrestling as the referees. So, um, uh, we spoke to him out and in the line on the way through, but uh, that was that was it. But anyway, okay, we'll go ahead and draw the next one, and it says J four. So Jason, you're going to ask your fourth question on your list. Okay, um, but this is kind. Of, I will I will go ahead and say this is kind of a two part question, and uh, there's been some some of this happening over in AEW right now is the crossover between promotions. You know, we're seeing. Um, Gallows and Anderson are showing up, you know, from Impact with the Impact titles and showing up over on AEW and vice versa with King Omega going over to Impact. And it leads to the question of, number one, do you like the idea of the crossover? And part two is, do you think the crossover can work? Why or why not? I got some big opinions on this. I think it's one of the best things that has happened to wrestling uh, in the last five years. It's one of the yeah, and for companies, organizations out that are not named WWE, I think it's imperative for their survival. It, it, it harkens back a little bit to the territorial days. I hate to get all nostalgic, but one of the real positive things about the territorial days is that you could move talent in and out. There are very few performers that the fans just can't get enough of. You yeah. couldn't take Dusty out of Florida. You couldn't take Lawler out of Memphis. You couldn't take the Von Erics out of Texas. They're like, bring them back, bring them back. Yeah. But besides that, especially heels, you know, you like do a program with some heel, uh, a, a feud, you cap it off. Then they go out, go away. But So where do they go nowadays unless you can kind of move talent in and out? So I think if it's done right, it, it benefits everybody. I think Impact will get a boost from Kenny Omega. I think it's kind of cool. And I, I think they need to play it, from what I can tell, they're not playing it like a takeover. Right. Which, you know, I thought that's been done, and it's been done to death. If it's yeah. like the NWO thing, which was really genius, but it just got run into the ground. So if it's a legitimate, and I, I have read just this past week that AEW or somebody has uh, – has filed for Battle of the Belts, uh, uh, the name. And so there, that is implying maybe there's a pay-per-view where different organizations. So, and, and I, I would include this with, with a working relationship with New Japan, with AAA in Mexico. It would be wonderful to see different people. Um, I even read that Triple H had been had said something about you know how things are on the internet. He alluded to that they were not, I'd be closed off to thinking about something like that. But of course they've purchased a few, I think smaller wrestling groups maybe as developmental, but I, I, I think it's a great thing. I, I've enjoyed it. It's just drawn me in. I'll be honest. I've, you know, I am a big WWE watcher uh, versus because for the longevity, but AEW has piqued my interest at times and to follow you know, the major things that go on. And uh, so when the, the signing of Chris Jericho, of course, got me uh, to watch a lot and some of his stuff. I, I and, you know, I admitted to enjoying Orange Cassidy 
uh, as a character a lot. Um, and so I'll catch, a, I'll record it and catch a lot of it. And the Kenny Omega crossover stuff has really got me paying attention. So I'd say it's it's great for getting the the wrestling fan who does have some nostalgia for the idea of people being able to be cross promotional uh, to check it out. It's it is new and fresh in this in the in this era of wrestling, something we haven't seen in a long long time. Other than the takeover style, which WWE has done many times, they did it with ECW, uh, you know, even before they owned ECW or they had their own ECW show. Uh, there was still some connection between Paul Heyman and, and WWE at the time that cre- allowed that to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it still wasn't a takeover style. This isn't, this is legit. Hey, we're almost inviting you to come in to our promotion and we'll go to yours. And that's open and out there. And it's, it's, it kind of fits in with how wrestling is today where the, that, you know, third wall, fourth wall, is uh yeah. it's broken yeah. down for yeah. it's broken down and it's just straight up hey i'm coming to come over here and wrestle here and he's going to be here and he, you know kenny omega is going to be on this show today and he's going to be on this show and it's not a surprise it's the surprise is what is going to happen not what's that you know what's going to happen with it not that it's happening and that's the difference and that's what's made it really really intriguing and really feel new and fresh and in a time where we need New and fresh stuff because man, it's it's been a rough a rough year to watch a lot of the product. Um, you know, and, and, the, and the, they've done some really cool stuff. And you have to admit that the Thunderdome is an impressive thing to to draw fans in. You have to admit that you know, really AEW getting fans in at first and having you know using their own wrestlers as fans early on um, changed the product, got it to be watchable again. I mean, so and now this has really gotten to make it and it's a it's about what's happening in the ring so much too you know and it's you know it's happening in the ring it's not so much happening in the back um now who's that guy that's with him Um, don Callis. oh yeah why do i know don Callis? he was i had to do some history on this because i'm like who is this guy he's from winnipeg he was um oh my gosh I, i he was in wwe as a cult leader Type his name was. Uh, Hold on, oh, I kind of remember oh, it. Gosh, with like I, Stevie Richards with. Yes, him? yes. What was his oh. name? It wasn't the Raven. I know Raven. Oh. It was a R. Oh, I, the Rev. Uh, I know this too. I now I know where I know him from. That's him. That's okay. him with long hair. Yeah. Okay. That's Don Callis. And then, I don't remember the name he went by. Then the he. Time, oh, man, I, I, now I know. I can see his face. Is this? It was a while ago. Well, I had to do some research because. I watched some interviews with Don Callis. He's a very, very intelligent man. And I was like, who is this Don Callis? So I was looking at his history. Um, He also played this role. I don't know if it was when WWE owned ECW, but he was – did ECW have, like, a contract with, like, TNN or something for a while? Because he played played this role. Whatever they were on – he was acting like he was a liaison between the network and he would come out with a clipboard and a mic and say, you know, this is too violent. We're going to cut you off and just get all kinds of heat from the fans, you know? Right. So he's done different things. Uh, This guy. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, um, I cannot think of this guy's name from WWE, man. It's killing me. Jay, Jay, look it up. Jay, look it up up. and we'll, we'll come back around to it. Um, But that's where you know him, Rick. From I'm sure he was okay. a he he had a a, a stable or a uh, faction 
For yeah. some reason, I want to say he was. I, I, I see Stevie Richards. He in my was head with. Being he was with him. affiliated with him okay. some kind of way. And I see some others, and I don't. I don't think it was and right he had to, dark glasses. I don't think it was right yeah. to censor. No, it was not right, right to, to censor. censor. Okay. It, was it was before a, that. Okay. And he had glasses that would turn dark. I think they turn like a red now, but he had long hair. Okay. Now I'm seeing him. Now I can see <laughs> him in my head. Now, now it's like, I was like, That's, I know that damn guy from somewhere. Yeah. I didn't look it up, but uh, him, him and Kenny Omega have been friends for a while. Or the jackal. The jackal. That's, That's it. That's it. Now, right now I see him immediately. That long hair and everything. That's him. That's yeah. Don Callis. The jackal. Yep. Yep. Look up who the jackal managed because I think it's a pretty big uh, group. I want to say maybe Kurgan was in that. The giant Kurgan may have been. It was oddities. That's what the it oddities. was. It was oddities. Yeah, oddities. Kurgan. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Kurgan yeah. and uh, uh, Golga. That was it. Yeah, uh, he carried he Cartman. Yeah, he carried Cartman yeah. to the ring. I think Luna was in oddities at yeah, one point. Luna was, okay. Okay. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, Jackal was with him. I want to say that it kind of was a transition. If I can remember it right now, it's all coming back to me. Um, if I can remember it right, I believe there was another group um, that had Dutch Mantel maybe as their leader, and they were almost military guys. And it was Kurgan and a guy named like um, like Recon. Or something like that. He had a name like that. And they they would come out with, I think it was um, Dutch Mantel as their person. And they were like, kind of like a very version of a, of a stable. And then, some reason, uh, Dutch Mantel disappears and the Jackal shows up. And then quickly, that whole military thing disappears. And Kurgan ends up as an oddity with... Uh, Golga and Luna, and then the Jackal gets attached to that. If I'm not wrong, oh. I think that's kind of how it happened. Wow. But that would be some really hard <laughs> stuff to find even on the network, because wow. it's probably yeah. on shows like Shotgun Saturday Night or things like that. But I used to watch everything so we're, so WWF. So we're talking, back. what, like 92, 93? Yeah, you're Early, talking not like even... Probably a little later than that. You're okay. probably talking like 96 to 98 would be okay. my guess, but um, I'd have to go know. look it up. Wow. On the I network remember. and see if I can yeah. find it. I missed that the first time. But so now I, I know where I know. Man, he looks a lot different. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I kept thinking I know this guy from somewhere. Yeah. All right, let's move. You ready to move on to another question? Yeah. yeah. All right, we good? Cool. All right, let's mix them up here and see what we get. I hope I took that one out with the last one we did. I got Greg, question two. Okay. Who was wrestling's MVP? I'm saying most valuable performer. That could be. In ring of 2020. In ring, out of ring, whatever. So you're not talking about Montez Porter? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Although if you wanted to make a case for him, I would. I, I think he's had an amazing year. I will be 100% honest with you. He comes back at the Rumble last year. I didn't right? see, I mean, I didn't see him. I come back. I didn't see that coming. Wasn't he a special entrance at the Rumble last year? And I thought it was a one-off. Like it would just be come on and that'd be it. We'd never see him again. They bring him back in. I think it originally was a one-time okay. thing. And it, then they bring him back in. Um, Quite a comeback. And now he's the head Quite of the, the Hurt very, Business. Very and, relevant. Which has to be one of the best stables of the year, yeah. uh, if not stable of the year in WWE uh, oh. wrestling. Yeah. Um, so I would say MVP had a pretty MVP year in he 2020 for MVP. sure. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking in ring performer. Anybody. Anybody oh. that shaped. I mean, in to me, I think performer could be. That mover or shaker in the wrestling business. I, I, 
I, I, I go back. I, I think I'm going back to to. I think I go back to AEW, and I've I've kind of uh, a group of three, but um, I I will I will say Kenny Omega. The main main reason being is he you know not only what he does in the ring and things like that, but also with AEW getting getting started, he took a back seat, didn't take the title right away. Jericho, you know, let Jericho have the title, let Moxley have the title, and actually went to tag team, you know, with Hangman Adam Page and said, I'm going to put my singles career on hold and let some other people get a push and really kind of elevate it. And so therefore, I think that that's what makes him most valuable is he didn't put himself first. He put everybody else first and let the promotion kind of become the focus rather than himself. And so that's, that, that's where I got to put his value on. If I, when I first wrote this, if I had written this question after 11 months, I might, I would have been inclined to say Cody Rhodes because I think he's the most valuable uh, person, most versatile person for in ring and out of ring in the AEW. And I'm a little bit biased because I do follow AEW closer than I do any of the other organizations. But Cody, to me, I think is pound for pound the best, one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler. But his contributions, and I would echo what you said about Kenny Omega. I feel I feel like he, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, they all realized that they wanted to push some of the other talent. So he's kind of taking a back seat. However, I would have to agree with Jason just on the things that we before mentioned with the, the last, the December uh, developments with Don Callis and the cross-promotional and really seeing the heel persona of Kenny Omega, which is just pretty phenomenal his work in the ring i always have been not always admire i guess i started picking up some of his stuff in japan about about three or four years ago so i was intrigued by it and so yeah i i think that's been one of the bigger headlines i'm, I'm sure i i just don't want to leave wwe out rick so i mean it, it, I, I need you to speak to like who are the mvps with wwe because they are such a Roman Reigns. Well, yeah, you could. If you want to go to the top of the card, you look at Roman Reigns or you look at uh, uh, McIntyre had a, had a tremendous year too. Yeah. But it really and truly, and, and McIntyre is a, is a great story in that, you know, he has a comeback story and um, is a second kind of go around with the, with the organization to be pushed all the way to the top. And especially in such a rough year. I mean, he hits it big right as the pandemic's hitting. He has to have his WrestleMania match in front of no one. Um, and then continues to have a great year throughout the year, um, you know, all the way up to, you know, he's going to main event, you know, the Rumble again. But, uh, the, you know, and it very, very well could still be the champion come this WrestleMania. Um, but if I'm going to tell you that in, in MVP was an interesting one just because of being an MVP, and I think he did have a tremendous year. And I think there would be a really solid argument WWE he may have had the most, you know, rise of a year of anyone. But I'll tell you who it's weird, but it jumps out is Bailey. Um it was, uh, you know, I don't know how much you know about Bailey, uh, Greg, but um, she's a female wrestler who orig her original character was um, uh, kind of a happy, sweet, yes. uh, hug everybody thing. She came out to these big Bailey buddy things, the big, uh, did you ever see her engine? Yes, yes. I did. Uh, I did. The big uh, car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, wavy army you guys, you know. Yeah. Um, well, she made a huge heel turn. Yes. In this year. And I don't know if you saw when she made her heel turn and she chopped the Bailey buddies down with an axe. Which was, um, 
uh, way to really show a, a heel turn. And then to have uh, them go back to her and um, Sasha being together again, and then back to her, them turning on each other again and taking us through that again. So many times when they do that, the same stories over and over, it kind of gets – some people have that issue with WWE is that they do recycle storylines. It's like this one story never ends. But I feel like this time around, it had a, it came at a really good time and, and changing Bailey's character. And to see probably the most face character become such a heel and her be able to make that transition – uh, you know, in her, in her interviews and you uh, know and stuff like that, and do it so well, uh, really showed the, kind of the the uh, depth of her ability uh, right there. I mean, she's a great in ring worker, and her, she puts on good matches with lots of different people, especially when there's so much going on in the women's division around those two, like people changing, coming, going, character changes, people in tag teams or aren't in tag teams anymore, and so much happening around, and them kind of being the steady all the way through. Um, I think she had a tremendous uh, 2020, too. So I went in completely different directions as most. But, um, it's always good. We, we want to get all the MVPs out there. Let's uh, go on to another question. Let's see who we get. I'm trying not to look as we do this. I got Greg okay. again for this fifth question. Greg, five. Oh, man, I was hoping we get this one, Nellie. One wrestler at not currently signed to WWE and or AEW that you would recommend watching or if it were up to you, if you were director of talent that you would like to sign. One wrestler. I've got mine, but I'm going to let you boys. Well, that is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Took me out there to the independence again. Well, you want me to, to lead off? Yeah, you go yeah, ahead and go take go off. Ahead, yeah. I like organization that I do try to I just a little bit is Major League Wrestling and there's a guy in MLW there's actually two guys but I'll 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 go with the one that if I had one it would probably be Jacob Fatu um, who is of the lineage of the famous Samoan family and he I believe is the MLW champion or has been uh, when I was watching he is a uh, really, really very athletic. Uh, has some great, great finishing move. Um, definitely has the look. Um, he's in a faction there uh, called Contra, which is kind of like almost they're like trying. They must have been fans of like GI Joe uh, in the '80s, where it's like a Cobra type, an international terrorist organization. They uh, sometimes take their opponents down in body bags. It's, it's quite an interesting uh, thing. He's managed by like a guy of some kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a, a leader uh, type of uh, a person with uh, other people around him. But he is definitely the headline. Um, I think Jacob Fatu will find his way onto a main roster very, very soon. So I, I think that's, if I had to pick one, um, MLW, um, it's had some, so they they've got a few other wrestlers that I'm keeping my eye on there that I think will 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 make it somewhere. But I'll but I'll go with Jacob. Jacob Fatu will be my guy. Ricky, you know, go for it. Um... Caught uh, 
show WWE has, like you said, has purchased up some stuff. Evolve, and, yeah, haven't yeah, they? they purchased yeah. up some stuff. Um, Which and, gave us Darby Allen, so that's uh, good. <laughs> I yeah. like Evolve then. Uh, and I was watching something on there the, on the network the other day, and it was like a, it was, it, it caught my eye because it was similar to like a Royal Rumble style idea, but it was a tournament. Um, it was a women's tournament, and they had all these different women's wrestlers from all over. It was, I think it was a, might have been from a British promotion. I, I can't remember um, top of my head, but there were a, a couple, uh, and what, actually one of the wrestlers showed up on, I believe, AEW this past week. Um, the legit so and so. That's her nickname. Did you see it by any chance? I have. I'm, I'm one watch week this episode. Behind. Did you watch this, episode, this week's episode? Yes. She's um, kind of a stalky, short. She, she's like four eleven. Yeah. Yes. She, and she fought. Uh, she fought to the one that wears all pink and looks all fancy. Oh, she's getting married to. Um, yeah, um, the guy. Uh, I, I, Penelope. Yeah, Penelope, Penelope Ford. Yeah, yes. she she, yes, this, this, she came out and wrestled Penelope Ford this week yeah. on AEW. How'd she do? Uh, it was a solid little match, um, especially. I, I don't know a lot about. Uh, the wrestling, the women, especially the women's wrestling in AEW, it's getting better. Uh, but this, the, apparently, learning from what I watched on the WWE Network in that tournament from this other promotion, she was a legit wrestler in the past, like a championship wrestler. That's why they call her the legit, and then her name. And is I, she short? Yeah, yeah. Four I've foot seen 11. her. I've seen her. She yes. wrestled. Uh, she she's originally from like the Ukraine or somewhere. No, I think she's from here, but I think she was wrestling over there. Yes, I've seen they, her. I think they announced her that she may have been from Moscow, but she had okay. Been, I've she seen her. something like that. Something yeah, like she's that. she's a yeah. very very. Why can I not? I'll, I'm going to find her name and uh, and then so I can say it here on the podcast because I, I feel like. Uh, I should, but uh, just Jason, if you can, if you've come up with who you want to talk about, so. yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know much about the about the independent wrestlers. I, I will admit that somewhere I'm very deficient. But uh, one name that that I do know is um, Zane, who from uh, out of New Japan. Uh, so I mean, there is some rumors around him that he could be, he could be on a developmental contract or something like that. But you know, I, I've got some. There's some personal ties there to where the that that's why I throw throw his name out there to uh, to where the uh, you know have, I have to admit I haven't watched uh, much of the independent circuits so I really don't know much but that that's one name that I do know that there is some rumors flying around about. Okay, her name is Layla Hirsch. All right, and she's actually what's funny is I, I just looked up independent wrestlers, and she is the number one independent wrestler to look out for in 2021. There so, you go, but man. I didn't know that when I answered your question. That's I was great. just going on something I great. saw on the network, and I watched her wrestle in a match against uh, two or three matches because she did really well in the tournament. And uh, it, you know, she was a, a really good in-ring performer. I was impressed by, um, you know, by her by her ring work and wrestling people of variety of sizes versus versus her small stature. But um, then, I, then I happened to be watching AEW this week to catch the Kenny Omega stuff, and here she, she walks like, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I just saw her on this other thing I watched. But um, And then, she, like I said, she wrestled Penelope. It says, just to give a little bit of background on her, she's actually from Hillsboro, New Jersey, um, and where she wrestled uh, in, in high school between 2013 to 2017. Um, so, you know, she's a legit wrestler. Um, that's her background a little bit. She's been in Japan, uh, all now in AEW, uh, you know, other different places uh, throughout her uh, 
rising up here as a um, as a newcomer. But that's just one that just kind of weird that I happened to catch twice in a few days by watching some. Uh, and then she shows up as in the top of the list of, of newcomers to watch. But um, impressive. I, I will say I've caught a few different things uh, on the network here and there. And then uh, I watched a little bit more of NXT uh, lately. And uh, do you remember the uh, Ninja Warrior, uh, Katie Catanzaro? Yeah. And she's wrestled for WWE. She was gone for a bit. She's back right now. They had her back in a match. It was in a tag team match. In, a t- in that Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament they're doing on NXT right now for the women. And um, she does a finishing move that was insane. I had never seen anything like it. But uh, she comes off the top rope, like all these different spins, lands flat back on the person's stomach, like literally flat back after doing all these flips. And that concludes 30 minutes right there. Time is up. Man, it goes by so fast when you get talking about uh, wrestling. Um, But uh, uh, that's our 30-minute time limit, so the match is over. Uh, Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out, based on what we have heard, just between us. We're not throwing it out there to the Internet now and when waiting. We're just going to do it right here, right now. And uh, each of us go around and kind of say who they thought uh, had the best questions and the best answers. I'm going to throw it right out there. I thought I was the best. (laughs) <laughs> Heel boo, <laughs> Mr. Mc, Mr. McMahon here, the owner. Yeah. <laughs> I think in this COVID, there's just not enough body of work to decide. There's not enough body of work to decide. Um, anybody feel like a question? I feel like Greg. I feel like your your questions challenged me the most to really think outside oh, wow. of the box. I gotta say, I even, I even had, to, had to go into research real quick to <laughs> come up with, with answers. Sorry yeah, about the, the non-AW, uh, but you know there are other like I, um some of the some of the other wrestling groups are not considered independent, right? Like M- Impact and uh, um, uh, MLW and New Japan. There are some other AAA, AAA, AAA. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what, well, I guess you could guess. Ring of Honor and NWA or Ring of Honor, yeah. yeah. Ring of Honor is another one that's uh-huh. had, had some and NWA. Uh huh. Yeah. Back, so NWA kind of has a working partnership too with AEW, and apparently because yeah. the NWA women's champ has tried to, you know, because the AEW, mm-hmm. you know, when Britt Baker and uh, uh, Chris Statlander went down there, they were thinned out on the women's yeah, roster, really bad. Yeah. So they had to. They had to help. So I don't know. Sorry about the curveball with that. Now that was what made it. That's what made it the best. So that's yeah. why Jason and I have already decided that, that uh, Mister, yeah, the brother Greg Hereford, you are now our current DC champion. I'm going to be like Jimmy Hart. This is the greatest day of my life, Lance Russell. <laughs> that's what that, that's what Jimmy Hart always said on his on his interviews with Lance. This is the greatest day of my life. He's getting ready to bring in somebody. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and be sure to give us your feedback on Facebook and Twitter at King of the Cast. And until next time, be safe, be responsible, and remember, never try spitting green mist at home. Right? It is Gary Hart's birthday today, so happy birthday, Gary Hart, manager of the Great Kabuki, the Green Mist. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.